Welcome back. I've spent the past six months imagining what I might say in this intro. To be honest, no words can possibly summarize the amount of chaos, surprise, and hardship the world has seen on all fronts. The phrase, we're living through historical times, already seems trite, but it's far from untrue. For any newcomers, welcome to Bit of a Tangent. I'm Gianluca, and together with my co-host Jared, I've been unsure of late. Unsure about how to select the most important ideas to discuss here. But after running some polls on Twitter and a lengthy discussion, we realized that the best things to say were the ones we've been saying. Be they in game theory, personalized medicine, or cognitive science, the important ideas are still important. In fact, they underpin how we got here how we're going to get ourselves out, and how we can do better in the future. So here we are, back again for more episodes about rationality, artificial intelligence, and the million and one digressions that make this a bit of a tangent. We're not going to spend time reflecting on COVID-19, or the culture wars, or politics, or the multitude of hardships people are facing all over the world right now. We've both been doing some of that on Twitter over the past six months. Go there if you want more hot takes. But as one of our listeners, you almost certainly know all about these events in intricate detail. If you're anything like us, you've had the full fire hose of current events mainlining directly into your nervous system for the past 200 days. You've had enough of the noise, as have we. So we're not here for that. We're here to bring you more of the signal, the mental models the concepts and the dangerous ideas. We're here to get lost on innumerable tangents as we venture down the rabbit hole. And we're thrilled you've come along to join us. One way to avoid the pandemic in the room is to fold space-time back on itself. So, we're bringing you a conversation recorded in early February, back when the highly attentive among us were still being teased for prepping. In this discussion, Jared and I exchange seven of our favorite obscure practices for compounding self-improvement. In editing, I realized that these may be even more relevant in the era of work from home and social distancing, so we're bringing them to you right up front. But fear not, the much-promised predictive coding series is coming. We hope you and your loved ones are safe and healthy. We're excited you're listening and we can't wait for what's in store. With no further ado, here's episode 27 of Bit of a Tangent. We thought we would sit down and have a quick discussion that will hopefully be immediately useful to many of you. And so the topic is small things which are making a big difference to you right now. Small things making a small difference to you right now as well. <laughs> but 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 the beauty of these kind of things, right, is that you just need a 1% improvement every day that self-compounds. And over the course of a year or a decade, you have made such an enormous sea change to your life that it, it, it's honestly like impossible to think about getting there in the first place. All right. That's the beauty of these things. That's why these are so much fun. Yeah. And uh, they are 
usually really quick to implement and hopefully don't cost much at all. So start off. Right. So I've got really two major classes of things that I want to chat about. The first major class is checklists. Um, so the YouTuber Matt Devella has recently done a video like praising the benefits of doing checklists. Um, and I'll definitely link that in the show notes. It's something worth, worth checking out. Um, and just the value of them. And I mean, you, you'll know from, from your, your medical practice, uh, checklists are, are essential in high stress situations where there are too many things, more than three things is too many really that you can get wrong. And it's used everywhere, fighter pilots, um, surgery, literally across the board. Um, and checklists are just great. And, uh, using them for aspects of your everyday life for sort of these elements of what Tim Ferriss would call lifestyle design is super valuable and most people don't take the time to do it. But when you do, you get all these wonderful benefits uh, for just spending a little time structuring your life. So a great example of this is what I call my tangibles list. And I actually think I got this name from and the idea from Alex Vermeer, who's got some other great things that we'll come to uh, at another time. But the idea of a tangibles list is literally just to make a list of all the major non-perishable things that you own, like your non-consumables, right? So everything from, let's say, your major clothing items, like your winter jackets and like your shirts and uh, different trousers and sports equipment, through to things like your technological items, your phone, your laptop, your various chargers, your cables that you have. Um, and, and the reason why you'd want to do this is twofold. Firstly, it causes you to be very intentional about the things that you own and choosing to include in your life. It's a good forcing function on only the most high-impact essential items are things that you are going to own and use and keep track of. Um, and B, it's really good for a whole bunch of situations that you will find yourself in and then re really wish that you had this list, right? For example, like let's say your house gets broken into or you lose your suitcase when you're traveling. Like now you can just go through your list and you can from there infer what items are missing and have them insured, uh, you know, replaced with insurance. Whereas trying to just generate that list on the spot under pressure would be very difficult. Uh, if you're now traveling somewhere and you need to know what to pack and it's like three hours before your flight and you haven't had enough sleep, well, now you just go through the list, right? And it's, it's mm. super easy. And another example of this is when something uh, breaks. So let's say like uh, your electric razor breaks, which happened to me recently, um, and you want to order a replacement, but you can't remember like the model number or whatever. And like now you can't find the same one. Well, if you've got a list that just lists the exact names of all of these kind of products that you own, well, you can just look there and, and order a replacement. And it's just immensely valuable when you're traveling, keeping order of your life or anything of that kind. And it doesn't take all that long to make it if you do it in little chunks regularly. Right. Okay. So I've definitely got less order in my set of things I want to mention, but just to jump in with the quick ones, there's two things which I've been loving recently. The first is the Rome research note-taking tool. And the spoiler alert is that we've got a whole episode planned on this. So this is just, Cult of Rome. Yeah, this is just a teaser for that, but I really do like it. And I am using a note-taking app more diligently than I ever have and enjoying it. And then the second thing is having changed the settings on my phone so that at 10 p.m. automatically it goes to grayscale. This is awesome. just fantastic for as a sort of visual reminder that you should probably be getting off your phone right now and going to bed. It's fairly unparalleled and it's definitely the best system I've found so far to tell me, oh, it's time to wind down because 
it's a default and I don't have to think about turning anything on or off. It's on a timer. It's a really great thing. Would recommend it. Is there a specific app you're using for that? Uh, this is just on my Samsung and it does it. It has it as a native option, but I would Very be surprised cool. if there aren't third-party apps. And if we find any, we'll link them in the show notes. Yeah, so um, on, on iOS, you can't enable it automatically, but there is a setting in the accessibility options um, that will allow you to do grayscale and you can make it super convenient to bring up um, and then you just tie it to, like when, when night mode comes on, then you just, that's your reminder to switch to grayscale. There we go. Or leave it on all the time and play play life on hard mode. <laughs> okay, what else have you got? Right, so another thing from the general cluster of checklists, this is an upgraded system that I've recently uh, switched to using and I've already found immensely valuable. Uh, I'm calling it something at the moment like action intention list. And what it is, is it's an upgrade of two pre-existing lists that I had. One was my buy list, uh, which is kind of like a 30-day caching system for things that I want that are not essential. Um, and I've spoken about this on a much older episode, like yeah. maybe like, I don't know, many months ago. Um, but, but essentially like that was a really good system to like avoid impulsive, especially online impulsive purchases. Like if you still want it in 30 days, which is maybe like 20% of the things you'll still want in 30 days time, um, then you can reconsider it. Um, and that's obviously sorted by how much you want the thing and how much it costs, et cetera. Um, and that was not bad. Um, and then I also had this other system of, um, my someday list, which was just like things I was going to like get around to doing at some point. And it was, but essentially just got clogged up and like very seldom did I actually end up doing things from there. It's like things you should do, but you just like won't get around to because mm. they're not urgent. An example of this would be like writing down the backup codes to your two-factor authentication on paper that you can safe keep somewhere in case you lose the 2FA device, whatever. Yeah. Not urgent, but important in a way. And and so I was finding like these, two, this, these lists were great at cataloging things, but there was no good tie-in that appreciated the way human psychology works. So this action intention list that I have now is a way of fundamentally engineering human psychology and habit formation into that, right? So what I do is I chain things I want that I don't need with things that I should do, but don't feel like doing. So for instance, I now create this list of like, if I X, then I can Y. And I can sort of fill things in that match appropriately. So an example of one I did recently was um, now that the weather's starting to warm up, I wanted to go start running outside again. So my setup was if I go for a two plus kilometer run, make it quite easy to stimulate doing it, then I can buy a new all weather running shirt, right? So it's something I'd wanted to get, but I don't really need. And it's something I need to do or want to do but it's not like easy to go do especially when the weather's not great or it's raining or something and you make like the, the this base minimum really easy 2k is not that far I ended up running like four and a half or something which was fine um, and then you can have the reward and i found it really really effective at motivating me to do things so far and the beauty of it is that even when you fail you've only half failed because you failed to do something you should do that you probably weren't going to do anyway. But then it also means that you've not gone and impulsively bought something that you probably don't really need. Right. So your worst case scenario is like 50% success, which is not bad. Not a bad worst case. Okay. So another short one on my side, and this is sort of another app, is that FitNotes app that I mentioned a couple episodes ago. It's seriously worth using um because it just makes working out really simple 
So there's no ads. The user interface is pretty and enjoyable. And basically, you know, you can add exercises with a sort of touch of a button. Then you can add sets and reps to those. It allows you, it does a timer between sets. So you've got a rest timer integrated into it. And then it does a really good job of graphing your, well, anything you really want to, or anything that you're really interested in. But I graph like workout volume by week and by category of exercise. And then you can easily copy previous workouts in and see mm. how many reps and sets you're doing of a particular muscle group by week or by day or by month. And as long as, I mean, just for me, it's like intrinsically satisfying. If you're seeing a line trend up to the right, you feel pretty good about yourself. And it yep. also is, I think it conforms to one of those general principles, which is you should take measures which are like moving averages. So like instead of looking at your weight every day, you want to just know like, is your weight on average going down on a week by week yep. basis, right? This is like a secret exactly. of weight loss. And the same thing for, let's say, weightlifting. Uh, instead of looking, you know, every workout, oh, did I lift a slightly heavier weight? What you really care about is like this week, did I have more volume? So like reps times weight than, well, reps times weight times set times sets than the previous week. And mm. that suddenly becomes the only thing you care about. And that's just really helpful to step back and enjoy the process. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a lot of these things, the tracking effort is twofold. It's not just the logging it and collecting the data. It's also the motivational aspect of it. And that's like you say, graphs that are going up and to the right are, are very motivating. Um, that's really cool. I, I really want to find the uh, iOS analog of that. Uh, it's not an app that's available across all platforms. So I really want to try and like maybe alternative2.net will have a good closest match to that because it sounds like the kind of thing I want. So awesome. Um, a very related idea to that and, and talking about the motivational aspect is I'm not a kind of person who's ever made use of uh, physical calendars before, like uh, starting as pretty much as early as it was a feasible thing for me to be doing. I've had electronic calendars and I use them like a power user, right? And so they're fantastic. But there is something to be said for a big tangible calendar. And this happened by coincidence. Some friends of mine, uh, well, one friend in particular, as a Secret Santa gift, bought me a novelty calendar with, for an inside joke of ours, and it's awesome. And I was super stoked to get it. Yeah. Uh, and I hung it up, and I was like, okay, cool, I'll just look at the pictures, and if I need to know like what day um, of the week a certain date will fall upon, I guess it's there on the wall to see. And then what I decided is, hey, like there's this really cool trend, and I think Matt Davila popularized it recently, of doing like 30-day challenges, and like they're a really good way to kickstart a habit. Um, and then you end up kind of keeping on doing it afterwards. And, and I was like, well, Hey, like this, 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 I might as well just use this calendar that I have up on my wall anyway. And so what I did is I started it in the month of February with uh, meditation and I have tried and failed to get a meditation habit going consistently for years. Right. Like the longest I've ever gotten, no matter what app I used, no matter what incentive system I used was like maybe 12 days. Right. And it was like a bit of a ball ache. And I just, I just couldn't be consistent enough with it. Like invariably something would come up that would throw off the natural like timing that I would do it. And then I would just like fail and then it would just not work out. Since I've been doing it on a, a physical calendar on the wall and immediately after I finish meditating, I go and cross off the day on the calendar, like right then and there. I so far have not missed a day. It's been a perfect streak 
um, and we're like halfway through the month. So it, it's definitely the longest I've ever gone consistently with a habit. And it's, it's, it's built enough of a habit that I'm now meditating more than once a day just because I get a kick out of doing it now, which is awesome. So I plan to keep using this as I do other habits in different months as 30-day challenges. But just having that physical, tangible calendar um, is, is super powerful. And uh, in fact, Jerry Seinfeld, I, there's an anecdote of that. That's his trick to writing really good jokes is just write jokes every day. Like don't break the chain. Like just put up a calendar and actually physically mark it off. Yeah. And now that I'm experiencing firsthand how effective it actually is, I'm like, why was I so stupid as to not actually just do that before? Yeah. Um, but there you go. It's really useful. And you probably know it's useful if you're listening to this, but actually go and do it. Just buy a freaking calendar or print one out. Yeah. I figured this out when I just realized that there is something that you lose, at least in our current generation of technology. And some things on the screen just do not connect as much as they do as a physical object. So yeah, physical calendar, physical notes sometimes make a little bit of a difference. I would mm. agree with you. Um, yeah, look, if, you, if you're going to have a giant 4K TV with a calendar on all the time on your wall, that works too. But I don't the, know. the physical don't, I, no, paper it's, calendar it's is probably the feeling. the cheaper. It's, it's striking it off. It's using your motor system in in a very particular way. It's like that yeah, feeling. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. I, I maybe honestly right. think you wouldn't, you wouldn't recapitulate the experience even with a giant 4K screen. Anyway, all right, I'll, I'll give you my next one. And that is I've been sitting down recently whilst I've been reading a book on my Kindle. And I've actually just kept my phone open on the Anki mobile app. I think it's called Anki Droid on Android. And just having that open and having the card set up like the, the template and then adding in definitions and like general ideas as I go, as opposed to yeah. doing it on the notes I make on the book later has been really useful, particularly for the kind of book where you're going to be doing that a lot, right? So, you know, this is like a nonfiction book with a fair amount of new terminology to me at least. And right. I've definitely needed at multiple points to stop, Google something, understand it. And then just putting that in has basically been like implementing what Michael Nielsen spoke so much about. And just doing that though, really sitting down and doing it, it is as effective as he makes out in the essay, which we will link to for purpose of brevity. Awesome. Yeah, it's totally right. It, it's the same kind of idea of um, chaining together some sort of action immediately, right? Yeah. Um, and, and also and making like the things that you read, especially technical materials, uh, accessible thereafter, right? And you, you've got sort of two modes of doing that. One is the passive sort of way where you kind of highlight things at the time, but you might not ever come back to them. And then this is like the upgraded version where you, you're actively engaging with it at the time. Um, so I definitely need to use... Uh, that is inspiration to rethink my system. Um, but, uh, well, two things. One related to that is that um, I've, I've created a system for taking my Kindle reading notes, like my highlights and things like that, from this really, um, I don't know, inaccessible format where you pretty much can only navigate them nicely on the Kindle, which I'm not usually going to do because mine doesn't even have a keyboard to type. Like it's, you know... Um, and uh, I've exported them and then I have like a Python script that passes them into like nicely formatted markdown documents and uploads them to a GitHub repository. So all the changes are sort of stored in the, the history of it. Um, but the beauty is that it's completely searchable across every book I've ever read and made notes on. Um, and that's been super, super valuable to me because now I can easily just whip it out and, uh, well, I mean... <laughs> 
phrasing. Um, I can easily <laughs> just load up GitHub and uh, within seconds search for references uh, or notes that I've made across all the technical books I've read since I've owned the Kindle. Uh, which is so that's one related idea. It, it's it's sort of approaching what you're saying with your Anki system um, of of making it retrievable and engaging with the material, but it still needs some refinement. Yeah. Um, the second sort of thing relating to that is you're saying you sit down with your phone next to you with the Anki Droid app open, and that ties into sort of my second group of enhancements, which is just environmental design, like making your environment serve you. Um, so. Like great examples of this were like if you want to practice your musical instrument, leave it out in the open right next to the furniture where you always sit, right? So that it's just there. You'll pick it up and noodle on it just because it's there. Um, if you want to read your book every day, put it right next to where you sit when you're drinking your coffee and you'll just pick it up and start reading or your Kindle, whatever it might be, right? right? It's these, this idea of just make things physically serve the behaviors you want to have. Um, and one of the great examples of this that I've really benefited from over the years is just not having your phone next to your bed. Just yeah. even if it's a few meters away, A, it means you're going to get up in the morning because you have to, to turn it off um, because otherwise it's going to irritate you. And B, it means that you're not going to grab it first thing in the morning and just go on your phone and end up like in bed for two hours just browsing through shit on your phone that you've got like very little value from, right? Oh, failure mode of notes. Oh man, yeah, right. and, and like everyone knows this and experiences this. And the, the hack is just to simply develop the habit of putting it like across the room. Um, it, it's just so incredibly effective. Um, nice. and, and if you're still struggling with that, like just delete some apps for your phone. Delete all the social media apps from your phone for a week, just one week. And, and after that, see what happens. Reevaluate introducing them back to your life. It's like these are all examples of this environmental design, I guess. Nice, nice. Okay, well, I'll close out my suggestions and it's related to this sort of reading trend that we've hit on. And this is, so Kindle is amazing for eBooks, but as soon as you want to read something that has diagrams, graphs, or is just like of the form of a scientific paper or a textbook, mm. you don't want to be doing that on your Kindle, in my experience. It's just yep. a bit too clunky, but too slow. And the text, even though you can zoom, it's really inconvenient and too small. This is because largely things that are in PDF format just don't work well on Kindle. Exactly. It's not set up for that. So I've been long looking for a system for my laptop that will make reading PDF versions of papers or textbooks uh, enjoyable. And so for me, mm -hmm. that means a few things. It means it has to have a system for note-taking and highlighting embedded in it. And I don't want those to be difficult to find. So it's no good to me like a traditional PDF reader where you can highlight your PDF, except that if I want to find the list of all of them, that's a bit of a mission. And if I want to see okay. the list of all highlights across all PDFs, well, you just can't do that because they're all separate yeah. files sitting somewhere on your hard drive. So there's this really great project called Polar Bookshelf, and you can just drop all your PDFs and papers in there. And it forms a sort of, library for you and then from that library you can open something up it keeps track of where you are and how much progress you've made through things it allows you to make notes it allows you to select text and you can also highlight diagrams and keep those as notes and then it keeps all of the notes and annotations you make in a like central place that you can search amongst them and then the really cool feature as well uh, is you can automatically convert some of those notes into Anki cards if you want. So they've really de designed it quite 
well, I think, for that purpose of scientific reading or or technical reading. And it's really made it a pleasure to start reading things on my laptop again, whereas I was before very much unimpressed with that whole experience. So wow, really, God, really dude, like is, that app or that This is awesome. I, I did program. not know about this. So so it's not an, it's it's a it's a closed source project but they have a free tier is that just for using the web the the cloud functionality of it Yeah so if you want cloud functionality which essentially would be like backup then I think you need to pay but the core functions there's no limits on that as long as it's all okay. local which for me works because I wasn't planning to back any of it up anyway I'm like happy yeah. having backups of the actual um pdfs or whatever like the raw content and and how does like where is it saving the metadata that you're creating with the annotations and all of that um you know i actually haven't gone and looked okay. at because that like that would that would seem to me like the like one thing that might be disqualifying this from being like perfect in every way yeah but if it were perfect in every way then i would just be angry because you hadn't mentioned it to me sooner so <laughs> uh, but this looks very very cool I'm, I'm busy checking it out on the website now and it even it even like has like um progress reports on like your reading with like a heat maps of, of which days you read and when you annotate and, and things like that and it also does web pages which is super cool yeah for like those long technical articles that you don't want to like save to pockets and read on your phone um but you also you just end up having like a million tabs like uh, pinned to your browser because you're meaning to read them and like you never do um so this seems like it would address that as well so for like technical reading papers and textbooks and that kind of thing this looks very cool i'm definitely going to be checking this out yeah but yeah if someone could solve that problem reliably oh man also just i feel like also just inherently the laptop is just not the right form factor no i feel like a not. tablet is better for that but i'm like then you've got all these other like trade-offs um the cost being a huge one obviously but uh, just distraction and another device and, and it's just uh, i'm still i'm still it's an unsolved area for me but i'll definitely check this out because this seems like very many steps in the right direction yeah so, thank you it's an awesome suggestion sure thing all right and now it's up to you to close it up I will close this off with something that I recommend to m many people that I consider to be the perfect platonic ideal for this genre of life improvement thing. Oh, it's yeah. the kind of thing that you can learn and implement pretty easily. It gives you the, the tiniest of life improvements, but it just compounds day in and day out. And, and just like in a year's time, you'll look back and wonder how you lived your life without it. And that is just to spend the you know 10 minutes to learn and the one or two weeks to like practice doing repeatedly time to learn how to fold cables properly <laughs> primarily and, and 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 the comedic effect is is, is there 100 percent. but i shit you not all jokes aside this has been one of the most valuable things i have ever learned the the return on investment is through the freaking roof like when i say fold cables i mean like taking your your earphones and wrapping them up in a way so that they don't get tangled and don't like come undone, right? right. Like the way they come packaged in the box, essentially. I thought and everyone had seems... now. Your trick is irrelevant. Oh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that is a fair point. Cables, that's a fair point. But but you'll realize how many times you do use cables in your everyday life when you when you when you start using this. Um. So okay, to be fair, the the earphones thing is largely a solved problem, but. Uh, you know, if you can't afford AirPods or you decide that they look weird and you you just want to still go with wired headphones or, you, or you're a perfectionist about zero latency, um, then uh, it's definitely still something worth doing for rolling up like your laptop cables and things like that. If you travel a lot uh, for charging cables and also just for when you're just storing them, a lot of the time you get like a two meter cable with something, but you only need like 
I don't know, 15 centimeters of that actively, right? So then you end up with these long cables like getting caught on the floor or something. Well, you can wrap up the middle of that and leave the extra bits that you need for like length, right? So I, honestly, I, I still, even though I have wireless headphones and things, I still use this like dozens of times a day. And it is just generally, genuinely one of the most valuable little skills you can learn if you use electronics at all. Um, and so there's a really great video that I learned this from and I can't remember it, but I will hunt it down and put it in the show notes. And if I can't find it, I will put the next best one that I can find. But spend five minutes learning it and then do it for like two weeks. Um, a lifetime of rewards. Honestly, like with 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 <laughs> earphones especially, honestly, like the, you you will never have to untangle them again. Like I'm not making a joke here. You will never have to untangle them. And and the time it takes you to fold and unfold them is less than the time you would have spent fiddling with just one tangled knot. Um, and it's this kind of thing of just like, if you can improve one thing like that every week in your life, man, your life would be radically different over the course of a decade. Um, so I'm always on the hunt for things like this. And if you have other suggestions, please write to me on like email or Twitter or something and, and tell me what these things are. Like if you have something that is as good as this cable thing, 100% I want to know about it. Well, there we go. Okay. Let's leave it there then. Awesome. Hope this is useful. Thanks a lot. Onwards and upwards and to further optimizations. Until next time. Cheers. Until next time.